y'all we're back (laughs) welcome back to the pleasure pod your favorite black feminist podcast where we talk about all things feel good so we can feel better i am so so happy to be back in front of behind next to the microphone my audio setup sharing virtual digital space with all of you lovelies as we get into it some of our favorite topics right we're gonna talk about pleasure we're gonna talk about sex and sexuality this episode and we're also gonna catch up on what did me and caitlin do over break what were we up to how was our rest for the month of september and october i am so happy to be here with you we're gonna get into that good good intro music and then i'll be right back miss the sound of that beat i don't know about anybody else but something about it just lets me know that we're really here and it's time to to talk to have a key together to share space i'm sorry if i sound so mushy so lovey-dovey because this is like such a loving and caring space to be here recording the pleasure pod doing something that i love so so much that is truly a labor of love something that I do because I want to and I don't know if people know that about the pleasure pod it started out as an exercise in public intellectualism for an independent study but it turned into something that Caitlin and I do entirely because we want to I am not (laughs) employed or in contract with any big studios. Me and Caitlin literally do this with a microphone, an audio interface, a boom arm. And then the money that people give us goes directly to paying Caitlin and producers and people to make logos and stuff for us. So thank you for allowing something so fun to to become something that we can share with other people that we can get into together as a community thank you so first up with announcements thank you to everybody who joined the patreon my patreon over september and october i think i gained 10 or 11 patrons thank you thank you thank you thank you to layla thank you to juju thank you to isabel thank you to ida Thank you to, I'm pulling it up, I'm pulling it up. Thank you to Naya, thank you to Carolyn, thank you to Mia, thank you to Taylor. Thank you, thank you. I do not take it lightly that y'all are coming up off of three, five, or ten dollars to support me, to support the work that happens when you support me, which is like, I joke about keeping the lights on, but that's real because Duke Energy comes every month faithfully on the first. <laughs> wanting payment for electricity but it also goes to like when i'm able to donate some mutual aid funds when i'm able to to give money to hashtag trans crowdfund that is largely because of the extra the extra support i get from my patreon community so thank you so much for making ongoing sustained commitment to a black feminist a queer black feminist at that as i continue to build my library and resource others in community thank you so much 
So now that we've done the Patreon shout out, I should link that. If you do not currently support my Patreon community. What is he doing? That is the best way that you can continue to support the Pleasure Pod, the Pleasure Pod team, and the black feminists behind the Pleasure Pod. It is patreon.com slash breed if you want to get in at three five or ten dollars every month it comes out when you sign up and then from then on i think it comes out on the first thank you so much we have about 64 patrons right now it's growing and it makes my heart so warm that so many people are interested in what i have to say when i give exclusive audio over there when i share the slides of different lectures or teachings that i've given they go up on there my thoughts on different essays articles book reviews comments on just black feminist imaginings or or thoughts throughout the month i definitely put them over on patreon because if you notice about me i am not good for a twitter thread but i am good for a patreon post so if you want to know my thoughts on something that's happening on the tl or something that's happening in pop culture my patrons probably know and that's as close to getting a twitter thread out of me um on a consistent basis that you're gonna get so thank you patreon community thank you for keeping the lights on and we're going to get into what did me and Caitlin do um, we were, when we were away. And the honest truth about it, the honest fact of the matter is that we genuinely rested. We were able to get back into the swing of our jobs, get back into the swing of, for me, grad school work kicked up a little bit at the end of September. And it's calming down now as we move into the holiday season connecting with family again having time to just thoughtfully rest and say there is no expectation of recording or editing episodes because we say so so we're back with season two we're back relaxed and rested we both faithfully follow the nap ministry securing boundaries with each other and with others in our lives understanding that the work will get done but it's not worth exhaustion it's not worth being stressed out in a pandemic. The The work will get done, but there are no, to me, I'm moving as if there are no deadlines, like hard, strong deadlines in a pandemic, because I think that this period of time has shown people that there are other things that happen and communication is always key. So I will always communicate first before I overextend myself. And if that's one lesson I can give y'all on rest and pleasure early on in this episode is that part of living a a pleasure-filled life, a pleasure politic, is boundaries that allow you to not only practice pleasure as a reward, but as a consistent routine in your life. And that's something that we wanted to put into practice by taking an intentional break from the pod So thank y'all for being patient. Thank y'all for rocking with us. I hope y'all rested while we were away. I hope that y'all rest while we're here together. I hope that the pleasure pod and taking the 20 minutes that these episodes usually run to just listen to my voice, get into whatever topic we're talking about can be rest for you. So I hope you rested this month, last month, and I hope you rest next month. So we've done the announcements, we did the patron shout out, we did the rest recap, and now we're going to get into the topic of this episode, which is lingerie, all things leather and lace, 
because I was having a conversation over the break that we took with one of my homegirls who shall remain nameless. <laughs> um, and I realized that she owned zero lingerie beyond the utility of underwear that you wear on a daily basis. She didn't have anything that I would deem as scandalous, um, reckless, provocative. And I don't know about other people who are listening, but I have found that being a part of the the lacy <laughs> community, right? Being a part of, or being a person rather, not even just being a part of, being a person who will invest in buying something lacy, something brightly colored every now and then has increased my adoration for myself, for my skin, for adorning myself, right? I think of lingerie as adornment. Some people think of it as the thing you wear before you participate in the deed, but I think of it as so much more. It's this ritualistic connection to like just feeling sensual and sexual and like a sexual being. For me, I'm going to say for nobody else but myself, right? But also, if you like wearing lace so that other people can see you in it, that is perfectly fine. And I think we need to have that conversation about if you like to be seen in scandalous clothing. That's a honest thought process. That's an honest reaction to, to wanting to be seen, wanting to be admired or desired or coveted. That's something that happens. And so when I was talking to my homegirl and going through this process, we then, you know, because I never have a conversation without action steps, we then proceeded to go on to various websites. We talked about um, Savage X Fenty, obviously, and Robin gets my dollars every month because I'm a VIP member or whatever it's called. But we also started looking at different sites, right, for lingerie, especially as people are in this Black-owned wave, we started looking for Black-owned lingerie sites. And so we came across a few. I think some of the more common ones are like Love Vera and things like that. But there's also a site that is smaller. It's called Mocha Boutique. And it's owned by somebody I follow on Twitter. Her name is Tay. She graduated this past year, semester, and really started investing in wanting to be a small business owner so if you're on twitter it's mocha boutique underscore on twitter they have everything in sizes extra small to i believe 4x everything ships the same day that you order it which i find to be really incredible so i just wanted to plug mocha boutique and the young black woman who runs it because i think that it's incredible the amount of time she puts into to advertising her business and the amount of time she puts into really being responsive to customers so that was a subtle plug right if you're looking for anything as my homegirl was but as we were having this conversation my homegirl really hit on the fact that she never felt the need to buy lingerie because it seemed like something that was just ripped off of you. And when she said that, it brought to mind a violent image, but also it seemed her response was one of obligation, right? Like putting on lingerie is an obligation that you do for somebody so that they can rip it off of you before you do the deed. And I don't know why, but I... I needed to take a pause with her in that moment and really hit on like, so the reason that you never felt the need to buy lingerie was in connection to your relationship with somebody else and their response to it. And as I talk about the pleasure pod 
in black sexual politics in in black sensuality through the ages i'm thinking about when did i first learn about lingerie what was my first introduction to it and was i introduced to it in a way that made it like something you do for the reaction of another and so in thinking of these questions i just took a moment in this conversation with my friends to think about how have we each individually been socialized to think about um lingerie and like our smaller communities but what messages are we sent about lingerie in the larger and i think in the the 21st century sense the the more contemporary right with the launch of Savage X, Robin Rihanna Fenty, has made a, a shift in the conversation because Rihanna also doesn't market Savage X Fenty as something that you wear for a partner. Most of her ads are independent. It's just her against whatever backdrop, wearing whatever lingerie pieces, and it's not something that is advertised with Rihanna and insert male figure or Rihanna and insert model, actress, actor, whoever is supposed to be her lover and I'm wondering how that turn in communication in in the marketing of lingerie can start telling a different story as we continue through the 21st century but I'm also thinking about what were lingerie ads like when I was a child and I remember just you used to see ads of skinny thin white women blonde hair usually and that was whether it was like the Victoria's Secret models. I remember Adriana Lima being a figure that I associated with lingerie when I was a child. And so it was definitely something that wasn't even just about partnership, but also about size, right? Because we talk about fat phobia in, in Victoria's Secret a lot. We talk about gender conformity, like all of these people, to my knowledge, were cis or at least cis sexism, right? Like cis presumed people and thinking of how that impacts our relationship to if we should buy lingerie, if we are deserving of things that seem frivolous, they don't have like a functional utility, right? Buying two centimeters of lace fabric in bright blue isn't the most effective underwear, right? But it's pretty. And thinking about how now I'm so fond of lingerie and just wearing something that looks pretty, that looks nice, it can feel nice. Wanting things that are completely frivolous but matter to me. And so thinking of lingerie as a, a larger conversation around like small luxuries, around desire, desirability, who is quote unquote worthy of spending however many dollars a month or an occasion on lace things on sparkly things on things that tear easily things that you might not be able to wear more than a couple of times and it's this larger conversation about the things that go into to black sexual politics i would argue that <laughs> I would argue that, very academic, that lingerie is a, a feature of the performance of black sexuality and black sensuality, that it has a deep connection to, to ritual and ritualistic adornment, 
right? That lingerie goes hand in hand with like the ways you make your skin soft, right? The ways that you put different oils on your body and different scents on your body as a connection to to being desired or wanting to be coveted. It's that same process of of putting work into something that is almost purely cosmetic and thinking of the different people in our communities who are looked down upon for wanting to be desired for wanting to adorn themselves with lace with leather with things that have again no function other than being pretty and I just wanted to to bring us back from the break with something to talk about about like do you buy lingerie where do you buy your lingerie from why (laughs) do you buy it and these questions are rather intimate but I also think that when we think about them and we think about the larger conversations about lingerie and black sexuality and the chronology of black sexuality I'm also thinking about and wondering if this conversation would be different for my mother and my father right thinking of black print culture surrounding lingerie and desirability off the top of my head I'm thinking about like the jet beauties of the week right and did those women get pictures featured wearing lingerie I'm thinking of playboy pinup culture if we want to go back even further in long legacies of thinking about lingerie and who becomes the the face or the body attached to being able to to buy frivolous things buying things for no other reason than to look good because looking good to me is also about pleasure and looking good for yourself for others for whomever is a conversation about what pleasures are we are we aiming for what pleasures are ours what things are pleasuring to you because wearing lingerie for myself for other people is something that brings me deep pleasure it's something that I take care to do I love buying things in different colors I love buying things from different places from different fabrics And that's something that has become a ritual for me. It has become um, definitely a luxury, like I budget for it. So thinking about where did you first learn about lingerie? Have you had conversations with partners or lovers about what lingerie does for your experiences alone or together? Um, I really just wanted to to come and talk about it i really hope i can hear from y'all on the subject please interact with me on twitter and instagram once you listen to this episode at the bereed on all platforms t-h-e-b-r-y-r-e-e-d this was something light something to get into something to really introspect about take a look in your dresser take a look in your closet what do you have that's frilly lacy do you enjoy seeing other people in frilly lacy things and do you connect it to to black print culture do you connect it to things in contemporary black media please let me know i look forward to hearing from you and as always i'm your favorite black feminist here with the pleasure pod and i look forward to talking to you about all things feel good so that we can feel better